Extradural hemorrhages from venous bleeding are not very common, but they are worth considering because they differ from run-of-the-mill extradural hematomas in a number of important ways. The first way, which is fairly obvious I guess, is that they are the result of venous bleeding rather than arterial bleeding. This does not mean that they are not potentially dangerous, as any intracranial rapidly accumulating mass or collection will lead to a rise in intracranial pressure. But generally, they do not exert as much pressure as arterial bleeds and do not grow as rapidly. Secondly, they usually occur due to damage of dural venous sinuses, with blood from these sinuses accumulating superficial to the sinus. As a result, they displace the venous sinus medially. This is most easily seen when the superior sagittal sinus is involved, but also seen well posteriorly with displacement of the transverse sinus. You may also note that in the case of extradural hematomas from damage to the superior sagittal sinus that these collections cross a suture line, which extradural hematomas are not meant to do. But as with most rules, there are exceptions. A better phrasing of this rule is that extradural hematomas shall not cross suture lines if the suture is intact. When there is sutural diastasis or involvement of the suture by a fracture, then the endostial layer that usually passes through the suture is disrupted and blood is free to cross from one bone to the other. The third location is very anterior part of the middle cranial fossa, nested in the concavity of the greater wing of the sphenoid. This is a special and particularly benign subtype of subdural hematoma. They are usually small and rarely grow, and can in most instances be safely treated conservatively. Knowing this can avoid a knee-jerk response of rushing the patient to theatre the moment the word extradural is heard.